0: The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Use a promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by our Sports Gambling Podcast Network and ATC Football Tournament. We're teaming up with all things comedy to run back the 2019 NFL playoffs Fire Madden Sims and give away $10,000 in my bookie credits. The tournament starts on the 3rd of July, and all you have to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable cbd now shipping legally to all 50 states and if you use the promo code sgp you'll get 15% off that's cushy k-u-s-h-y and the promo code sgp <laughs> show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win and get paid. But also brought to you by our Sports Gambling Podcast Network and ATC Football Tournament. We're teaming up with all things comedy to run back the 2019 NFL playoffs by Madden Sims and give away $10,000 in my bookie credits. The tournament starts on the 3rd of July and all you have to do is go to sportsgownandpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgownandpodcast.com slash ATC. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you'll get 15% off. That's Cushy, K-U-S-H-Y, dreams.com and the promo code SGP. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. Follow me on Twitter at... SGP, EPL, and check out my website, LockBetting.com. We are coming off a very bad week in the EPL. We're not coming off a bad week overall because over in the KBO, we had an eight to no sweep this weekend. We absolutely dominated the UFC. You guys need to go back and listen to that podcast, listen to that fight show, UFC 251, and hear what we did on that show. It sounds like the show was recorded... After the event, because that's how accurate it was. We la- we nailed the finishes, the exact finishes of all four of the last four fights. And members, my premium clients, Lockbetting.com, were on all of those. So we've had an excellent weekend with sports and with, with other soccer picks on Friday and Saturday. Sunday wasn't too good. Monday's been horrendous because across late Monday, so I'm counting Monday as after midnight on Sunday... We've had five stoppage time goals go against us in soccer. Four in the MLS, one in the 93rd, one in the 98th minute. And then in the Toronto game, DC with 10 men scoring the 84th. And then they score again in injury time to kill an under, under three. Then, of course, the lock here on the show. Manchester United give up a goal in the 96th minute. Obviously, I have to take that as a loss. You guys shouldn't be taking that as a loss. At 25-1 to in the 96th minute, Southampton equalized. If you're not hedging your pick, a plus 100 pick, at, at 91, 92 minutes, or even later than that, at least before the goal goes in, then you probably shouldn't be gambling. Because... I think if you want to make money from this, you need to know to hedge in that spot with Southampton playing against ten men. Uh, that's what Man United were down to. They were down to ten men. But I take full responsibility because that pick didn't win. And generally, the picks on the show were bad. The lock didn't land. The the uh, parlay didn't land. The dog didn't land. It's a rarity because we've been going a solid. 7 and 3 or 8 and 2 on the show since the Premier League season resumed. We went 9 and 1 I believe on the first show back. And um, we did really badly on the last show. I think it was 3 and 7. And I'll always come on and talk about exactly what happens. Just the majority of the time it sounds like I'm just promoting and touting and, and telling people to head over to luckbay.com and and talking about all of the positive results. That's because I mostly have positive results. And when I don't I come on a podcast and start like this and say that podcast and my analysis and the way I saw those games was fucking shitty. It was a shitty show. And we need to bounce back from that today. And historically, I've always bounced back from that. I can't recall there being two poor EPL shows and, and very unlikely to be two back-to-back losing locks. But let me tell you, when you do lose, the people will quickly tell you about it. The people that, that seem to listen to this show and even people that come on as my clients... They don't have any memory or do they give any fucks about anything that you've done in the previous week, month, or even years that I've come on here and nailed out of the park. I am now judged on four MLS goals in injury time and Southampton scoring against Man United. It doesn't matter that my futures are in good shape. It doesn't matter that the clients have got a seven unit play on Athletic, uh, on Real Madrid to win the league. That's going to cash. Atletico Madrid to finish in the top four. Uh, all, all of this stuff is, is very, very irrelevant. The fact that the lot record sits at 36 and 15 for the season And it was 47 and 11 last season doesn't mean anything. I realized that at the start of the year. I realized that very quickly when last year we did do 47 and 11 and we started 0 and 2. And at one point we were at 2 and 5. And very, very quickly I realized it doesn't matter what kind of reputation you've built for yourself because when you deal in sports gambling, it is very, very fickle, and your reputation is paper thin. Even if it should be as strong as mine, even though I've got what I I assume to have a lot of credit in the bank, it doesn't matter. So I come into this show off the back of a very, very bad show and with a feeling that I owe you guys a bounce back. So I've sat down and thought long and hard about everything here on, on this slate, because I feel bad about the last show and I want to be complicit in delivering you that bounce back. What I find confusing is how some of these people on Twitter manage to lose people hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of dollars each and every week and don't feel the way I feel about a bad show that people may have lost some dollars on. And it isn't cushioned by weeks or months of of winning people money. I I want to bounce back from that. But um, I I spoke about it last time. Guys need to really be wary of these Twitter people. They have no remorse. They aren't betting what they're telling you that they're betting. And I know you're not looking at that and going, oh, it's $7,500, it's $5,000. I need to match it. But you are thinking this is a big bet. You may be thinking that, Everything I earned this week, I can double my wages by tailing it. Surely this guy has to be certain. They're not certain. Nothing that they do, seven units, eight units, nine units, five grand, ten grand. It doesn't mean anything. They don't know what they're talking about. I I saw a guy, the one I was talking about a few weeks ago, Las Vegas Freeze. In fact, on the last show, and he's beginning, beginning to write more descriptions on his tweets, aside from going, booms all the way, expected. And he actually put a tweet out talking about why he felt that Arsenal and uh, Tottenham would be won by Arsenal. And he took Arsenal as a pick. Now, I thought Arsenal would win as a pick too. I thought that was a good bet. I really only saw one winner in that game and that being Arsenal. So I got that wrong. I had that as a dog on this show. My official play was the under. But he ends up writing here, Arsenal pick is his selection. $5,000 at minus 110. So he's taking Arsenal as a pick. Pick, draw no bet. Minus 110, five grand. No brainer here. Arsenal is going to win this match. Both teams have actually been playing well. But the talent is much higher on Arsenal. And I expect them to roll comfortably. Ending the weekend... With booms, he said that both teams have actually been playing well. Tottenham came into this game off a nil-nil against Bournemouth. Tottenham has scored five goals in five matches post-lockdown. Tottenham couldn't score against a Bournemouth team that had conceded nine in their previous two matches. Arsenal... And Arsenal Fan TV have complained constantly throughout this season. These are two of the most underachieving sides in England this season. Yes, Arsenal were playing well, but nobody can say Tottenham are playing well. Not even the most casual soccer fan out there could say that both these teams are playing well. They are massive underachievers. And then the cherry on the top is Arsenal are going to win this game because... The talent is higher on Arsenal. The talent is higher on Arsenal than a Tottenham team that were in the Champions League final last season with Harry Kane and Song and Ali and Mora and Lacelso and Sanchez and uh, Toby Aldewilder all in their squad. We looked at a combined 11. It was won by Tottenham. And that was also on the basis that several Tottenham players were out. Otherwise, Arsenal would have lost more positions there. Arsenal haven't had more talent than Tottenham for about five years. Everybody also knows that. You can be the most casual soccer fan and know that Tottenham have a lot more talent than Arsenal. And you can also look at it and say that both these teams haven't been playing well. They're massively underachieving and Tottenham have been just poor in front of goal coming out of the lockdown. This guy is telling you to put five grand on his pick, which he got wrong. And I have no problem with getting the pick wrong because I would have been on that side anyway, because Arsenal don't have as much talent as Tottenham. But under Mikel Arteta, they have been a lot better and they have been playing for their manager. And they did look like they had an opportunity going into this game to win. But I didn't tell you to bet five grand because I would never bet five grand. And this guy doesn't have five grand either. Otherwise, he's not sitting on Twitter trying to be a Twitter tipster selling betting packages you don't do that with five grand in your pocket to throw on a game or seven and a half grand plays this comes off the back of me already calling him out for his previous place where he tried to bet a seven and a half grand over on Arsenal and Leicester the reasoning for that said booms all day here that's very very descriptive there I mean that that's really helpful booms all day here both of these teams are heavy offensively. They're really not. Leicester have the better D, but on the road, this is a banger. So far, two sentences is we've two sentences in. We've used booms and banger for reasoning for this play. I wouldn't be surprised if this hit by half time. <laughs> two two final to push this over. The game finished one one. Leicester only equalized because Arsenal went down to 10 men and they did it with five minutes to go. I tried to stop him doing this by saying, for once, I disagree. Arsenal have beaten Leicester nine times in a row at home and six of their last seven wins were to nil. Leicester have just two wins in nine matches and they've stopped scoring, scoring 10 in their last 10, with seven of those coming in two matches against Villa and Paris at home. To which I received a backlash of sarcastic comments, because originally at this point, I put for once I disagree, because I started looking at this guy because he had hit two... Uh, two plays in a row. So I started to look at him, but I put for once, I disagree. That has very much changed because I've disagreed with everything that he put out, including a play on the KBO. Now I don't even do the KBO over at lock betting. Somebody else does. And uh, the record recently has been 27 and five and we're an eight and oh run in the KBO. And uh, I don't do that. So I'm not claiming that, but I know enough to look at a play and see that it's completely wrong. And he took an under with two guys with a combined ERA of 13. One was um, seven and a half. And the other one was just over six. So I think it was like 13 and a half ERA between the two. But he ended up playing an under on that. So I don't understand why. I don't know what the angle was. I can't remember, but I looked at it and thought, this guy's a moron. That was echoed when he put out his play for Chelsea and Sheffield United. This is a banger. Chelsea money line only -165. Draw at +285. Both teams to score no is -125. Read the lines. This is going under 100% because the bookies know ahead of time. Uh, Sheffield will be able to control Chelsea, low scoring, I dare you to take the over. <laughs> Some fanboy moron has put underneath this, most GAAP has spent hours on matchups, team stats, and trends. Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do. What makes you so prolific is that you analyze the book, read between the lines, no pun intended, and find the winners. It's truly remarkable skill. Thanks for giving us the insight with the write ups, too. Did anybody remember the insight? This is a banger. This is this price, this is that price. Read the lines. Yeah, you read the lines really well. This ended up with three goals and another seven and a half grand loss, which I tried to warn him about again by putting what the hell has that got to do with anything? The bookies aren't telepathic. There isn't hints in the lines. The game still needs to be played. Real cappers like me watch the matches and understand Chelsea can't defend crosses and Sheffield United score from them. This goes over. Sheffield United scored from a cross. They ended up winning this game 3-0. Now I didn't have Sheffield United winning this game 3-0. I definitely had Sheffield United and Chelsea scoring, both teams to score, and I had Chelsea probably winning this game because of their away form this season. But when you're looking at a Chelsea team whose away games have delivered 67 goals already this season, why on earth would you be taking the under? I understand that Sheffield United are the underside of that. They only average one goal per game, but Chelsea always concede and they were always going to concede against Sheffield United. I don't think anybody that watches football and knows what they're looking for had Chelsea keeping a, a clean sheet in this game. Now, if you're going to tell me Chelsea are going to keep a clean sheet on match day 36, then I'll probably believe you because they're coming up against Norwich and that's what we're going to move on to now chelsea versus norwich it's the first game of match day 36 and the only game here on tuesday chelsea are the 1 to 7 favourites to win this game it's 7 to 1 the draw and it's 18 to 1 on norwich who've already been relegated and they weren't even trying to stay up anyway because their results have been absolutely horrific coming out of the lockdown period. I think here, <clears throat> sorry, represents an opportunity for, for Chelsea to get right. I think if you had the opportunity to draft in the likes of Willian and Pulisic into your fantasy team, this could be a game where both teams, uh, sorry, both players get goals because I don't see Chelsea scoring any less than three here. And they even have the chance to keep a clean sheet because I don't think Norwich are going to contribute to the to the scoring. Chelsea to win to nil here is available at four to six. I think that is a little bit short here for this Chelsea team that could concede a goal against anybody because if they are going to challenge for the league next season, then the defense is certainly something Frank Lampard needs to look at. All of the centre-back pairings are weak and they need to sign themselves a left-back. But... I do think they will keep a clean sheet. Will they be taking it at four to six? Probably not. Because at exactly the same price, I can get Chelsea to score over 2.5 goals in this game at four to six. I don't think there's any chance that Chelsea don't score three goals in this game and cash this bet. You can also get Chelsea to win both halves here at even money. Which is Chelsea to win 145 minutes. So that could be 1-0, 2-0, whatever, but then also do it in the second half. So two, a 1-0 win for Chelsea in the first half. So Chelsea going in at half-time, 1-0 up, and then winning the game 2-0 would be cashing both halves, winning both halves. That's different to half-time, full-time, which we gave out as a free play for the Manchester City game against Brighton. Yes, they won both halves because they won one half two nil and they won the second half three nil, but you only needed them to be winning at halftime and then go on to to win the game as well. That's all you needed on a halftime full-time. This isn't that. This is different. This is them specifically to win both halves. I also like Chelsea here on the minus two handicap. That as well is available at four to six. So four to six seems to be a common price for this one and everything where you can take four to six i like for this game be it's chelsea to nil chelsea over 2.5 team goals and chelsea minus two on the asian handicap line which is a push if chelsea only win by two and i think i actually like that one the best to be honest with you although I, I don't know. I, I have no. I have no doubt in my mind that Chelsea scored three in this game. Maybe even by half time, especially coming off that loss against Sheffield United, where they looked so bad. They looked worse than when Tottenham went to Sheffield United. And some people could turn around and say, "Well, maybe Sheffield are really good and really difficult to play against." And and use that as an excuse but but i can't i i just think that tottenham and chelsea just looked really really bad and the fact that the home ground is neutralized by the fact there's no crowd there that should have been a factor that heavily favored tottenham and chelsea I refuse to just look at this and go, maybe Sheffield United are really, really good. I don't think they're good. I think we'll see next season and when they qualify for European football, if they qualify for European football, that they're really going to struggle next year in the Premier League. And I understand that I've lost a five-unit play on them being relegated this season, but my other futures are looking very, very good. So I'll forgive myself because I'm going to lose one future from the 14 that I have pending. In fact, that one's not even pending. I already settled it as a loser for the PNL for June. So that one is already done. And that doesn't even include all of the Champions League futures that I hit, which I'm going to make the pin tweet this week. So I think people have had a long enough chance to look at my PNL for June. So I'm going to change that again, and I'm going to put up my, my favorite post, which was my Champions League futures from earlier this year. So make sure you guys go and check that out over at lockbetting.com. We're going to move on to Wednesday's game, and we're going to start with Burnley versus Wolves. Wolves' Champions League hopes are now pretty much well and truly over after the announcement that Manchester City will be playing in the Champions League really shocking announcement not shocking in terms of I was surprised by it because big clubs have been buying their way out of trouble all of the time. But just shocking because big clubs have been buying their way out of trouble all of the time. And Man City are another one. Fine significantly reduced. Punishment significantly reduced. Manchester City will be playing in the Champions League next season. I thought it would get reduced maybe to a one-year ban, but even that didn't happen. They will be allowed to play, so they're going to qualify. It's going to be just the top four. And that means fifth place are no longer going to be in the Champions League. So that pretty much ends it for Wolves. I think they had a chance of sneaking up on Leicester, given Leicester's bad form. They look like they're a team ready to capitulate as we head towards the final three games of the season. And that would have allowed Wolves, or maybe even Tottenham. If Tottenham could win out, I can see a situation where Tottenham get into the top five. And Tottenham were actually 25 to one to finish in the top five. And to finish in the top six, Tottenham are available at four to one. And I really like Tottenham's finishing the top six at four to one because I think Leicester could capitulate so badly. They could finish as low as seventh in the table with Tottenham finishing sixth and Wolves finishing in fifth place. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of Wolves we get here. We know Burnley are going to keep playing until the end of the season. They played against Liverpool at the weekend, that wasn't a great result for us either because we're looking at Liverpool carrying on their 100% winning home record and covering the handicap there, and it didn't happen. So I think Burnley are a good shout here to avoid a defeat at even money. I narrowly prefer that to the under because of the price. The under is available at 1-2. to two. I think this does peter out into a 1-1 draw where both teams avoided defeat and the draw itself is available at 23-10 to 10 in this one. Manchester City, who now will be playing in the Champions League, as we know, they take on Bournemouth, fresh off a 4-1 win against Leicester. Man City are 1-7, it's 7-1 the draw, and it's 14-1 on Bournemouth. If Bournemouth are going to stay up, it's going to have to be from the points they get in other games, because they are going to be brought crashing down to earth in this one. Man City have continued to dispose of teams in the lockdown period, put another five past Brighton on Saturday, and I predict they'll put a similar number past Bournemouth Here, Bournemouth could go down to goal difference with the likes of Watford, Aston Villa and West Ham down the bottom. So they don't want to take a massive shellacking here, but I'm not sure what they can do here to stop Manchester City and stopping the floodgates opening. I like Man City to win this and over 3.5 goals in this game, which you can get plus money. You can get that 21 to 20. I think I'm relatively certain that City score at least four goals here themselves. So I think that they may cover that number by themselves. They're actually available at six to five to cover the minus 2.5 Asian handicap in this one. And for City to score over 3.5 goals in this game by themselves, you can get that plus money, plus one fifty six 1.50, 6-4. Lots of different ways to bet this, but they all involve City bringing Bournemouth down to earth with a relatively big win. It's going to be very, very, very interesting, that relegation scrap. The odds now still suggest that nothing much has changed this weekend, and it still will be uh, Aston Villa and Bournemouth to go down, with Villa being at 1-9 to nine and Bournemouth being at 1-10 and um, you can get Watford at 4-1 to one and West Ham at 7-1 to one. but I still think that Watford can be dragged down late. they've won the two winnable games and I don't think that they are going to end up winning any of the others any of the other remaining games that they've got so there is going to be a sliver of hope for Villa and Bournemouth especially Villa and Bournemouth on the final day going to an Everton team that are completely checked out. That's who Bournemouth go to. And Villa could go to a West Ham team that are completely checked out because they may already be safe by then, especially if they beat Watford this game week. So it could be Watford who get dragged into it. So I think there's value there on Watford at 4-1 to one in that futures market. We'll look at that when we talk about the the Friday game between West Ham and Watford. Closing out with Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, sorry, closing out with Wednesday. We've got two more games left. The last six o'clock one is Newcastle versus Tottenham. Newcastle available 7-2. It's 14-5 to join. It's 8-11 to 11 on Tottenham. I think you have to take Tottenham here. after seeing seen Newcastle lose a couple of games. Um, I wouldn't say you're necessarily checked out, but I just think the motivation for Tottenham is much higher. Um, they want to get into the Europa League. They're coming off a win against Arsenal. I know they didn't do nothing away to Bournemouth and drew a blank, but you have to think they got going to have some momentum after winning the North London derby we may see a more competent Tottenham away performance something we've not seen at all this season where Tot- Tottenham haven't just struggled at home they um, haven't just struggled away they've struggled at home as well but they've been particularly bad away from home Newcastle are actually unbeaten in six Premier League games at St. James's Park and Tottenham have won just one of their last eight Premier League away assignments. They could also lean towards the under here because under 2.5 goals were scored in four of Newcastle's last six home games and Newcastle kept clean sheets in four of those six home fixtures. However, Newcastle have been playing a lot more open post-COVID since they knew they were going to survive. So we're seeing a different kind of Newcastle. So I don't put too much weight into that under trend, despite the fact there's under statistics there that you look at and go, okay, this is an under. I think you have to weigh up all of that stuff post-lockdown and see what teams have at stake. And Newcastle don't have much at stake. So we could see quite an open game and that may lead Tottenham to expose Newcastle and counter on the counter attack Newcastle don't want to lose too many games I understand that they can't go down but they do have new owners coming in Steve Bruce wants to keep this job so after having a few defeats he may want to grind out a win here so again we could go back to the under despite the fact we have seen a more open Newcastle but I think even in a tight game if Tottenham are playing at their best because they do have all of that talent which we alluded to earlier and if they are motivated then Mourinho can come up with a game plan here to win at Newcastle this isn't something i want to play this isn't something that i want to be playing in terms of i won't be giving this out to clients this won't be the lock on the show because we don't know who Tottenham are because yes they can get up and win a north london derby against arsenal in a game where arsenal actually dominated it should be said um but then they could come here and do what they did at sheffield united and lose against a newcastle team that are motivated at home to break a bad sequence because free-flowing football hasn't worked out for them in the last couple of games uh, especially when they got tonked 5-0 at man city so either way this one for me but I lean Tottenham certainly won't be a play the game of the week well at least on paper not really high stakes for one of the teams is Arsenal versus Liverpool I mean it's not high stakes for either because Arsenal are just tasting Europa League football and my take on it is is that if Arsenal or, or Tottenham miss out on Europa League that is a blessing because it means they don't have to play early next season and that gives them a much better chance of qualifying through the Champions League than it does the Europa League and have a real, real go to get into that top four again, especially when you consider the Caribbean Cup may not be played next season because of how um, this season's going to start quite early because it's going to be not much of a break. It's not going to start early. It's actually going to start later than usual. It's going to start in September, but there's not going to be much of a break between August and September. And these, some of these teams are going to be playing football constantly. Someone like Wolves, who are going to be in the Europa League, Manchester United's, uh, Manchester City these teams are not going to get much of a break if they go long in those tournaments so they're pretty much going to be playing throughout August and then coming back in September so that's why they're trying to lessen the games with, without having a um, a caribou cup so someone like Arsenal if they don't get in through the Europa League it won't matter too much I don't think to them because they can have a real stab at getting in with a reduced season of around about 40 to 46 games depending on how far they go in the remaining cup competition which would be the FA Cup and I think here, when you're looking at the way Liverpool played against Burnley, this is a real chance for Arsenal to hand Liverpool their third defeat. And they're 3-1 underdogs to win this. And Arsenal are a very difficult team to beat at home. And I understand that that's neutralised by there being no crowd there. But Liverpool are not playing well. They've had one good performance post-lockdown. And that's against the Crystal Palace team that despite the fact I said that they've showed some spirit against Chelsea, they are on their holidays. They are done with this season. I think that the, the points record total is now looking less and less likely. And that really is, it really does make me happy because Liverpool after looking at having a record breaking season, seem like they're blowing everything at the moment. They went out of the, the champions league. So all of a sudden their chance to win some kind of double was completely gone. And I know that people will look at the, the club world cup and the Europa super league and all of these things and say, they've got this trophy and they've got that trophy. No, the treble is the FA cup, the champions league and the premier league. And For me, that will always be the the real treble because once a team wins the Champions League, the European team are absolutely guaranteed to win the Club World Cup unless they have an absolute disaster. And Liverpool just about won that Club World Cup, by the way, as well. The European Super Cup is your equivalent of a European charity shield between the Europa League champions and the Champions League winners. It's just a showcase that means equally as much as the charity shield. So I'm not going to give them that either. The FA Cup, they lost to Chelsea. They put a strong team out and they lost. And the Champions League, they were humiliated by Atletico Madrid. After that, they were then looking at Premier League records. They lost their invincible record, their unbeaten record to go 100%, sorry, to go unbeaten throughout the entire season. They lost it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't be the invincibles because Watford beat them. So they blew that as well. Then they came back and they they secured themselves the the Premier League title and they had the chance to get the 101 point record total. It doesn't look like they're going to do it because they have to run the table from now to the end of the season. And they could have been a team that had a 100% home record, 19 wins from 19, and it got taken away for them by Burnley. So this is just a standard team winning a standard Premier League. It will not live in the memories of anybody except for Liverpool fans, and especially won't want to be lived in long in people's memories because it's the season that was ripped up by COVID. So Liverpool have just gone on and won a, a COVID Premier League. It's a hollow victory. Would they rather win a Premier League than not win a Premier League? Yeah, of course. I think everybody would rather be in a situation where you won the Premier League. At least the 30 years have ended, but it's ended in the most hollow way where their supporters can't even see them lift the trophy. And they've relinquished nearly every record they could have gone for. 100% home record, gone. The points record, gone. Unless Liverpool run the table, and I don't think they will because I don't think they're going to win this game against Arsenal. I think Arsenal have great value here to avoid a defeat at six to five, or even win it at three to one. Best price which is available, and there's a lot of data to support that as well. I mean, uh, Champions League gone, FA Cup gone, invincible season gone. So there's lots of stuff here that has fallen by the wayside for Liverpool. And as I said, when we're looking at this game, there is a lot of data here to support Arsenal getting something three to one underdogs to win this game. to on the double chance. A team that have only lost one of their last nine home games in all competitions. Whereas Liverpool, a team that have only won one of their last six competitive away matches. I think another way to bet this game is the goals. There's actually been 49 of them scored in the last nine competitive matches between these two sides. That's an average of 5.44. Well, of course, one of those was a 5-all where they all rested their players in the League Cup. So the data is a little bit deceiving. Over 2.5 goals has landed in eight of these nine matches with both teams having scored in all but one as well. So the first team do do it as well. And of course, Liverpool scored a large majority of those games because they have had Arsenal's number. But I think tomorrow... We are gonna see an Arsenal team stop Liverpool from winning. I love Arsenal to avoid a defeat here at six to five in the game of the week. To look at more details about this game and see a longer write-up about it, head over to my article over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, where this is the game of the week. Before we move on with the rest of the show, let me take a second out to let you know that you can bet everything that we're talking about here on the EPL show you can bet it over at mybookie.ag they're still doing a 50 percent deposit offer you can sign up using the primary code SGP to knit yourself some extra cash on top of your deposit put $100 in and they'll spot you $50 to play with that's the primary code SGP when you make your first deposit with my Bookie, you bet you win and most importantly you get paid and fast let me also let you know that the guys are back with another sim tournament teaming up with all things comedy they're back running the 2019. NFL playoffs, and they're giving away $10,000 in my bookie credits. Go to sportsgownlandpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgownlandpodcast.com slash ATC. Let me also take a time out here to talk about Ace Per Head. That's the place to go if you ever thought about starting your own sportsbook. Ace will help you start that sportsbook. They'll provide you an all-inclusive professional betting site with lines updated in a second and wages graded immediately. Top-notch customer support go 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry. They do live betting, and they offer an amazing mobile bet experience you can get started today and ace is offering up to six weeks free just go to aceperhead.com slash sgp that's aceperhead.com slash sgp and finally let me give a shout out to cushy dreams a new company with a full lineup of smokable cbd they specialize in extraordinary cbd rich hemp flour and pre-rolled joints. they now ship legally to all 50 states and you can get 15% off using our promo code. Go to cushydreams, that's K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com and the usual promo code here, S-G-P. Moving on to Thursday stuff and we have Everton versus Aston Villa where Everton are available even money. It's 13 to five to draw and it's 13 to five on Villa. I am going to take a punt here on Aston Villa here, avoiding a defeat because their relegation needs, I think the need to avoid relegation is far greater than Everton's need to win this game. Despite the fact they have Carlo Angelotti, who's a manager that won't accept this kind of complacence. I don't think he can go out there. Well, I know he can't go out there and play the games for them. And I think this Everton team are looking to next season. They are going to bring in new faces and new personnel, and I think this is a great opportunity for Villa to to pick up a win here at a massive underdog price. I just gave it out at 13 to 5. But if you shop around, like Arsenal, you can get it at 3 to 1 as well. So, there's some good dogs here on this Premier League slate for match day 36. Everton to, sorry, Villa to avoid that defeat, you can get them at a the best price of minus minus twenty minus 125 to 6. So, not as good as Arsenal. And I actually prefer Arsenal. I think Arsenal are more likely to avoid defeat than Villa because Villa aren't a good travelling team, but they're going to need to be because their best chances of staying up is to pick up a win here against Everton or a win against West Ham on the final day. But if they can avoid defeat here and or avoid defeat in the West Ham game and win this one or vice versa, those four points could be crucial when we're looking at the Premier League table because when I look at the running. I don't see Watford picking up any more points at all, which kind of gives a hint as to the way I'm going to go uh, for that game on Friday. But as I said, I can't see Watford picking up any points at all. And those four points for Aston Villa will be absolutely crucial because it will take them level with Watford. And if Watford endure defeats, the goal difference is going to completely change as well. Bournemouth are in an even better position. If they can pick up one win, then they can stay up as well because they'll go level on points with Watford and when I'm looking through it can I see one win for Bournemouth I can't on paper but they are capable of winning at home to Southampton in the South Coast Derby I think it's unfortunate for Bournemouth that it is a South Coast Derby because Southampton aren't that likely to take their foot off the gas and if we look at the way Southampton plays against Man United today they'll go and win that game against Bournemouth but the final day against Everton they do have a chance Bournemouth do have a chance of beating Everton but Villa have a chance here as well because this team are on the holidays if Everton turn up and they're motivated they beat both of these teams and that's their say in the relegation battle and they'll help Watford stay in the Premier League so These games, even though they don't look like nothing and they look like fixtures that you can miss, they are all important, especially to the clubs involved. Here's another one on Thursday, Leicester versus Sheffield United. Leicester are chasing a Champions League spot. Sheffield United are chasing European football through the Europa League. It's even money on Leicester, 23-10 to to draw and 3-1 on Sheffield United. This game is so difficult to to pick. I'm going to go with Leicester because... I just think they have to bounce back at home from that unbelievable performance against Bournemouth where they were coasting for 67 minutes or so, or 65 minutes. And you could see quite easily who the classier team were and who the Premier League team were and who was going down to the championship. And all of a sudden, Kasper Schmeichel sm- smashes the head into the back of Indini's head. And um, Bournemouth are clean for on goal. They're lucky not to go down to 10 men then. But don't worry, after scoring the... After scoring the um, the penalty that followed Bournemouth then go and score a minute later and they do go down to 10 men when Sionku manages to boot a player in frustration picking the ball out of the goal so this was an absolute collapse after that we had an own goal pretty much by Johnny Evans and then um, it was all wrapped up at the end by Solanke so 4-1 defeat at the hands of Bournemouth and now they have to bounce back and beat Sheffield United team who are very, very difficult to beat. I think this one is going to be an under. I think under 2.5 is a good shout here, which is available at 4-5, because I think I definitely think it stays under, because as I said, Sheffield United are tough to beat, and I think if Newcastle sorry if Leicester win this game, it's going to just be by the odd goal. So look for a very, very tight game here, and um, it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up playing out into a 0-0 or 1-1 draw, But I think Leicester may be able to nick this by a single goal. It'll be difficult, though, for them to keep a clean sheet when I think about it, actually, because Chilwell's not in the back four at the moment. Pereira's not in the back four because Justin's playing at fullback, which is a weakness. And now Sionku's gone as well. So it'll be very difficult for them to keep a clean sheet. It'll be very difficult for them to win this game. Um, so that's a very, very small lean on this. In fact, I'm going to lean towards the under instead of Leicester. I can't take Leicester here. I can't take Leicester for the remainder of the season. For me, they're a team that have completely capitulated. I think they can finish as low as sixth or seventh. I really do. I can see Tottenham winning out their final three games off the back of that win against Arsenal and going into the next season looking strong and the supporters having um, false optimism because I don't think Tottenham are going to finish in the Champions League positions next season. I don't think Arsenal are going to finish in the Champions League positions next season. I think there's going to be a clear and definitive big four and it's going to be the four teams that finish in the top four this season are going to be in the top four next season as well because I think we're seeing a clear divide happening here between Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool and Man City teams that are spending... Teams that are strengthening him and teams that are going backwards the other way. And um yeah, I think Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester maybe even Everton are going to be this next group. It is maybe Newcastle, but maybe Newcastle when, when they do get their new owners in and spend some money, people are going to see surprised to see Newcastle comfortably in the top half next season and, and pulling off some big results. The premier league is going to be really, really interesting next season, especially if this race between the big four materializes and we get a real title race next season. But, um, as I said, I think there's going to be a real established top four and they're going to be the same top four that finished in the top four this season. I think Leicester's season is done. I think they're, uh, they're cooked. And um, yeah, I don't see them winning this game. It's weird. I, I changed my pick there in the middle of the analysis because the more and more I think about Leicester and what they've done and the way they've played since... People look at them since February. I don't think they were particularly good in January either. I think that Liverpool defeat by four goals to nil when at the time Leicester were being talked about as a title contender really really changed this team and then since then we just saw particular results just make them even worse the Carabao Cup semi-final exit against Aston Villa terrible terrible result and then we've seen them um, fail to win coming out of the lockdown period failing to win just really really Making things difficult for themselves, it looked like an absolute shoo-in to finish not just in the top four, but being comfortably third. It looked like there was a clear top three this season, and uh, Chelsea and Man United would bat them for fourth. That's not the case at all. And uh, if you look at the odds now, for the first time this season, Leicester are now odds-on to not make it into the Champions League. It's eight to thirteen on Leicester not to make it into the Champions League. And you can get eight to eleven on the top four being Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and uh, Manchester United in any order. If you want it in specific order, and you want to choose what way round you think Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Arsenal will finish, you can do that. There is a exact order market. And that's available at Skybet. I'm going to have a look at the prices for you now. Uh, The exact order of Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, third and Chelsea is available at seven to four. If you want Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea and Manchester United, you can get that at three to one. So either one of those, there's no exact order market with Leicester in it. That's less than five to one in this market. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Leicester, five to one. Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Leicester at 7-1. And that's largely down in part to Leicester playing Man United. So obviously Leicester would need to beat Man United on the final day, according to the bookies, in order to stay in the top four. So it looks done for them. And I think there's actual value in backing against them because I think this team, when you watch football and you look at them playing, you look at the body language, and you look at that capitulation against Bournemouth, and this is a team that are not going to get their shit together anytime soon. So I'm going to get off that pick. I don't even lean towards Leicester now. I definitely lean towards the under 2.5 goals in this game. Moving on to Thursday. And this is a real get right opportunity for Manchester United against the Palace team that I think are done for the season. They're 8-1 to beat Manu. It's 18-5 the draw. And it's 2-5 on United. I think United win this game, obviously. It's just difficult to bet. Uh, It's difficult to take Man United to keep clean sheets when you saw how they defend today. But it's also more difficult. It's more difficult for me to see Crystal Palace scoring in this game. So I like Man United to win this with a clean sheet (coughs) as opposed to going towards those overs with Man United again and again and again, keep going to the world. I think there is going to be a game where... Team frustrates Man United and make it themselves difficult to break down, and I think that will be Palace. I don't think that they're going to penetrate Man United, and even if they do, I think Man United will score two in this game, so that will help you go to the over two point five if that's your lean. Mine is just simply a case of Crystal Palace making it difficult for Man United, like Man United like Aston Villa did, and maybe it taking half an hour, forty minutes for Man United to score, or maybe even taking it to the second half. But I think eventually Man United will win this game and will end up covering the handicap line as well the minus 1.5 here is available at 6 to 5 but given the choice between the two I don't think this Palace team are going to score against Man United despite the fact how Man United looked defensively tonight and how they looked against Bournemouth as well because he had four goals against Bournemouth Southampton is bad but In in other games, they have looked relatively comfortable in defense. Um, Brighton never really posed much of a threat of scoring against Man United in that game. Man United were always comfortable in their 3-0 win against Aston Villa away from home. They almost defend better away from home. They almost seem to be a little bit more organized, a little bit more concentrated on the road. So I think we're going to see that here. I think Man United win this game with a clean sheet and um, get themselves into that top four off the back of Leicester dropping points on Thursday Thursday's going to be a massive day in the Premier League it finishes off with Southampton versus Brighton a game that doesn't matter too much but I think based on the eye test and recently and how Southampton are trying during this lockdown period you have to take him here at 23 to 10 20 it's nine to four to join us five to two on Brighton. yeah Southampton haven't got the best home record but they did beat Manchester City at home, so I think that in itself is a good reason here to take them. Moving on to the final game, and it goes down on Friday. Some are looking at it as a relegation decider, but obviously that's going to be influenced by Bournemouth and Aston Villa because if either of them can pick up wins here or, or at any point... In the running, then it's going to get very, very interesting. It's not going to be a relegation decider, but I think certainly the winner out of Watford and West Ham can get out of it here. West Ham are at home; it's six to four. It's twenty-one to ten to draw, and it's twenty-one on twenty on Watford. I think looking at this um, looking at this lockdown period, I'd be more encouraged by West Ham than I have been by Watford. Watford scrapped past Norwich, who West Ham dismantled 4-0. They've got something there with Antonio playing up front. He scored four goals against Norwich, but again, again, it's only Norwich. They also put on a brave performance at home against Chelsea. They played really, really well in that game. Watford have scrapped by Norwich. And they scraped by Newcastle as well. So they've not been impressive. I'm surprised they got even those two wins because I had Watford. Yes, I had them beating Norwich, but I thought that they would struggle more against Newcastle in that game. And they did struggle. They were 1-0 down. They had to come back in both of those two home games to win by two goals to one. So that shows that they're struggling, but it also shows some character. But I think West Ham have shown even more character. And I think David Moyes gets to say that he kept West Ham up. And it will come by winning this game, which I think is better for Aston Villa because one of these teams are definitely going to survive. And I think you may as well have one game, one team go clear and one team get dragged into it. And I don't think a draw necessarily helps Bournemouth or Aston Villa by having more teams involved. I think they would rather there be a clear clear winner, And I think they'd rather it be West Ham given on the strength and schedule because I don't think they want West Ham going all out on the final day against Villa. I think if West Ham are completely safe, then you'll get a far more relaxed West Ham and it's really going to give Villa an opportunity where, as I said, Watford have a horrible run in where If they lose this, there aren't any winnable games after this. Man City and Arsenal, Arsenal away on the last day, are not winnable games for Watford. So I like West Ham here at six to four. If you want to play it a little bit more safe, take the draw no bet market. West Ham as a pick are available at four to six. I think that's a real safe way to go because I don't think Watford are going to go down to the London Stadium and win. I just cannot see that at all. So... This is a really, really big game here on Friday, despite the fact people will look at it and look at their league position and and give this one a miss. I won't be giving this one a miss. This is massive at the bottom of the table. And I'll take West Ham here on the Giorno bet market in this one. Closing out with the lock dog parlay on this show. And um, I'm going to go with three picks here for the lock. And here's why. All of them... Can push and i think it's very very unlikely that all of them push but i want to make sure that we actually get something on the board here so here are the three locks we're going to start early on tuesday with chelsea versus norwich and we're going to lean towards chelsea minus two Uh, that's a tad over chelsea and two point uh, five, team, over 2.5 team goals because I like that as well so if you don't want uh, have the opportunity to push here and you want to gamble gamble on Chelsea over 2.5 team goals Norwich are just a dumpster fire they're conceding awful goals and Chelsea are going to score three goals in this one and um, they should keep a clean sheet as well I like that 4-6 to six, and I like them to cover the Asian handicap line but we're going to take the minus 2 just in case Chelsea win by just one goal and that will end up being a push for you here at 4-6. We're also going to take Man United to win away to Crystal Palace, but we're going to take that as a minus one so we're going to go on the minus one not the minus 1.5 Asian handicap that's minus one so if Man United just win by one goal this is a push and that one is available at 13 to 20 so it's Man United minus one at 13 to 20 if they win by one goal only this is a push as well so we need Manchester United to win by two in that one in order to win that we need Chelsea to win by three in order to win that if Chelsea win by two it's a push Man United win by one it's a push. So I like both of those. And we're going to finish with West Ham as a pick West Ham in the draw no bet market at four to six to beat Watford on Friday. If that ends up being a draw, then you push. If Watford win, you lose. If West Ham win, you win that bet four to six. There's actually better price available than that. Um, I found that a few places at eight to 11. So take that at eight to 11, which is better, obviously, than four to six. Seen It's seven to 10 as well. That's better. When I quoted it at four to six, probably took it from the worst possible place. That was a sky bet um, you can find it a lot better than that I really like West Ham just to deal with their business here and get themselves safe with a couple of games to go so three locks there because all of them can push that's why I've done that And also want to make up for that got that losing that lock as well I hate losing the lock and I did that today although as I said at the top of the show if you didn't hedge in a 95th 96 minute then that's on you and you shouldn't be betting on soccer because you need to hedge in these situations the MLS has been awful to us the last two days but with hedges. could have been really really nice one of the hedges against one of the bets losing um ended up ended up being 350 to one that was the comeback that um minnesota made against sporting kansas but um but yeah so make sure that you always always hedge especially if you can get it a large odds southampton were 20 to 25 to one to equalize in injury time against man united so that should have been a definite hedge to avoid losing that remember when i did that We did that lock, I actually said, we'll take the over 2.5 at 4 to 6. And I went, no, actually, I'm gonna add Man United to that to even money. Yeah, I hope you had one of the bookies where you couldn't get that and you just had to take the over at four to six because you would have cashed that easily after about half an hour in that game. So it's such a shame that I changed I changed my mind from what I had written down in front of me on a piece of paper. So, so frustrated by by doing that, because I thought about that immediately when the equalizer went in. The dog play, I think it was relatively obvious from my breakdown. I'm going to take Arsenal away to Liverpool, take them here on. on the draw no bet market as a pick so i'm not even going to take them to avoid a defeat if you want to be safer take them to avoid a defeat at six to five Um, but i'm going to take them as a pick here at two to one on the draw no bet market i think they can really hand liverpool their their third defeat of the season i i don't believe in liverpool i don't believe they're going to retain the premier league title next season i believe they've been worked out um and um i think they're not really that motivated here either as we close towards the end of the season i think they were definitely motivated on saturday people are looking at that that result and saying oh why would you take them on a handicap against Burnley they weren't motivated they were motivated at that point they may have been in party mode or hangover against City, but since then they went and beat Brighton because then they got themselves back focused, chasing the points record. And they certainly, 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 certainly wanted to end the season where they won the 100% home record. That's why they played such a strong team. But for some reason, they, they couldn't penetrate against Burnley because Burnley did, result, uh, did make them resort to having long shots outside the box. Yes, Nick Pope had a great game, but he didn't save anything unbelievable. It was all coming from range. It was all saveable shots. Liverpool didn't have a way to break down Burnley and to score that second goal. And that would be worrying for me if I was a Liverpool sport, which I certainly am not looking at next season. I, I don't think that this team are going to retain this Premier League title. I, I'm certain that they're not going to retain this Premier League title. I think they're going to be one-season wonders. And um, I think they're going to finish with a whimper here. I think they could lose against Arsenal. And I also think that even Chelsea could not only, not only will Liverpool got more points at home, but Chelsea could actually end their unbeaten home record here when they play them in the in the next round of fixtures i just have a weird feeling about that as well i think that chelsea could honestly go to anfield and win chelsea are very very good away side on their day and um and yeah but we'll stick to the point here we'll stick to where we're at and that's uh, arsenal versus liverpool game of the week this week and um i fancy an upset in that one for the parlay um this is relatively simple you you obviously take chelsea You obviously take Man United, two teams chasing the top four, taking them to continue winning. Uh, Add Manchester City on that as well. And you still can't get it up to even money, but I'm going to take it. It's chalky as hell. And um, it only pays out a £90 profit. So £100 on that bet will end up paying you 90 But it's an easy, easy £90 because none of these teams are slipping up. Chelsea versus Norwich, Manchester City versus Bournemouth, and Man United going to a Crystal Palace team, which would normally be a difficult game, but they are completely checked out. This should be a comfortable three points for Manu here. So I like these three all to win. And that is the chalky parlay for this one, pays out at 11 to 10. Sorry, sorry, it pays out at 9 to 10. It's odds on, pays out at 9 to 10. That concludes this edition of the EPL show. I was going to talk about something regarding the future of soccer here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, but I'm going to let that wait until the end of the season. I want to get through this EPL season. I'm also am not in the best mood after what happened today. I hate dropping a lock and... Um, We've not had a great couple of days with the soccer. We've had a great couple of days with with everything else, the KBO, the UFC. In fact, we, we made money on soccer on Friday and on Saturday. We made soccer money 10 days in a row. We've been winning on the soccer. So it's only really been a day, day and a half slump that we've had. But it just the way people act, they have no memory at all. It's simply just a short-term memory. And I know that because I've been doing this for six years, but obviously when you have some good news and um, you haven't got your shit together in terms of what you do and in terms of having a a couple of bad days, and it's not even been bad days in terms of where I'm concerned at the way I'm capping the games, because it's just been freaky bullshit beats which could have been hedged out for massive money. And if people did that, then great, that's, that's what you should do. But what happened with um, Sporting Kansas being 1-0 up, and we had them as a pick. So even when there's a 93rd-minute goal, which is fine, 93rd-minute goals in football are absolutely fine. If that fucks up your bet, that fucks up your bet. But they fucked up the pick. They fucked up the draw-no-bet market. They scored in a 93rd and a 98. That's 350-1. to one. 93rd and 98th-minute goal. Why are you even playing 98 minutes? And then, of course, the under that we had, under three, which pushed in the 84th minute with the team that had 10 men scoring, not once, but twice 84th and 90th minute. It's all gone with, with five and a half minutes to go. That under is fucked. That's, that's the luck Southampton scoring in the 96th minute. That's the luck that the beats. That's what's got me in, in a mood. So, I do have good news for you guys in terms of, as I said, the the future of things here for for soccer. There's going to be more of it. I'll just give you that hint. But let's get through the season. Let's get the EPL done. Let's see who gets relegated. Let's see who finishes up in the top four. Let's see how many futures that we can land before the end of the season. We're doing really well with those. Things are looking really good for our, our futures bets. So let's come on with the good news of landing all them futures. And then we'll double up with the good news of more soccer here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network moving forward. And um, we'll look at all of that collectively at the end of the season as we head towards the Europa League and the Champions League. Just one final thing. We're going to be doing a bonus show over at lockbetting.com. Now, I've said throughout that the European show will only be at the weekends and during the the midweeks, people are just going to have to buy the soccer package in order to get the picks. Well, we're going to do a bonus European show because I want to do a European show for the show where... Real Madrid win the league and that could happen on Thursday. There's a full La Liga schedule on Thursday. It's a full Serie A schedule as well and a big game between Real Madrid and Villarreal where they can secure themselves the La Liga title. That's a seven unit play for my clients at plus plus one forty-five twenty-nine 29 to 20. So I want to do a podcast about it. I want to look at this week's European fixtures, this midweek European fixtures. The European show, we had a sample of it here over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network over at Das Bundesliga show. We went seven and one with it. We look at all of the fixtures all across Europe and we condense them down to my favorites. So we only end up breaking down around about six or seven, maximum eight. So these are all elite picks anyway. The, the, the games that make it onto the European show are really, really good picks. And we look at those on the show sometimes they're high profile games that we have to cover for example if it's Barcelona, Real Madrid um, we will always look at that on the European show so that's me being completely transparent when it's a big game like that we will be almost forced to have a take on it but a lot of the time it's just a bunch of great games that we really like the like to bet, great spots so I'm going to be doing one of those and of course one of the games will be Real Madrid, Villarreal where the La Liga title can be secured with a game to go if Real Madrid win that game against Villarreal so make sure you check out the European show you only have to be on the $10 tier in order to get that one so sign up over at lockbetting.com anyway that's it for me and this edition of the EPL show will be back before the weekend with another one good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening guys